<laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called The Christian Journey. First, Christian Chaos Part 3. Oh, no. A tale of two cities. A tale of three kings. A tale of four Jews. That's the ticker, and here we go. Four Jewish Christians, all from the same city in Detroit, Michigan, all living in the same neighborhood, two of which were and still are best friends, all saying yes to Jesus within 30 days of each other, all on fire for Jesus Christ. And after that, we're known as the Four Musketeers. Uh, next, we had a pseudo-church that went nowhere. Then Ken left for a month-long journey, and the church grew, and the church went from nothing to something. But then when Ken returned, the church returned to slim pickings. Then, of course, Pastor Ken just started to get involved in our personal decisions, where we would live, what jobs we would have or shouldn't have, people we could date and people we could be friends with. The final decision for group approval became Ken's thumbs up or thumbs down. And here it is. Later, a new dynamic emerged. Ken told us that if we needed to get counseling, he was available for anything large or small. No costs, no worries about privacy. He told us that it was as sacred as sharing with an attorney when we counseled with the pastor. And he promised nobody would ever hear about it. He would never judge us no matter what he heard. And we didn't know any better. And a man of God would never lie. Well, Ken lied, and it was brutal. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Wow. Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive, so much more. Hey, 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 hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at he must increase. Dot org. That's David at he must increase dot org. You can text us during the show live. I will do my best to get back to you. It kind of all depends on what we're doing and how much time I have. 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, you will end up talking to to mighty mighty gabriel and when you talk to mighty gabriel it's like this when you talk to him it's like standing in faith against fear yes and then you will fly 
Now, you might have a question, you might have an opinion, a comment, a thought, you might have a praise report, you might have a prayer request. The show opened with a praise report. It was fantastic from Eric. He did a great job. Then we prayed for somebody in the second segment, and you're thinking, well, didn't you prepare for the show? Yes. (laughs) What did the Lord say? Guess we're not doing that right now. I'm sure you've never had that happen. Oh, wait. No, I'm positive you have had that happen. So if you've got something you want to share, you got something you want to engage with, you want something you want to talk about, we are there for you as brothers and sisters in the Lord. It is not, we call it, we don't, we say it this way. It's not your church. It's a fellowship, but it's a fellowship you participate in. And hopefully it's a blessing for you. We also do this fun thing called trivia. Some questions are harder than others. This one should not be too difficult. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. True or false, according to the book of Revelation, when Jesus returns, only his disciples will see him. Is that true or false? If you think you know, you are welcome to reach out to us and call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at he must increase dot org. I will tell you, as I've been kind of waiting a little bit, you guys have been praying for my ear, and I even have people sending me <laughs> icons uh, of uh, uh, ear icons. That's <laughs> pretty funny. And uh, I just greatly appreciate everybody praying. This has been a an interesting kind of uh, trial that we went through. But last night we felt, Noel and I felt like there was a little bit of a breakthrough. I could start to hear a little bit better and it's gotten better ever since. And so today I actually have my headset on the correct ear, which is amazing. So, so nice. It's wonderful Uh, just because I'm used to it. But we were able to do the show yesterday. We were able to do the show on on Monday, but this is a little more comfy for me. You know, it's kind of like a blankie. It's like your blankie that you like. I like this blankie. Thank you. Uh, all right. We do have somebody ready to answer the trivia. And so what we will do is send them on through, give them a chance to answer, and then we'll get into brutal stuff. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing better, Gary. Thank you for asking. I was really, yesterday was uh, echo can in the ear, and then today it's kind of like the can. The lid is closed, and now I can hear pretty much about 80, 80. So I'm really happy. Well, I pray for you. I've been praying for all of you. Well, you can tell it works because we're we're making progress, and that's what counts. God's the great physician. That is it. Exactly. He's so kind, isn't he? And he doesn't send statements either. There you go. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You owe a balance of. Um, okay. <laughs> True or false? That's a good line. According to the book of Revelation, when Jesus returns, only his disciples will see him. That's false. You are correct, sir. That is false. It's every eye will see him. That is what's so amazing. It's like every eye will see him. And so the people, they'll actually debate this. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. You just have to laugh. And say, well, that means that the earth must be this shape or this shape and this and that, whatever. It's like, look, it's God. He spoke. There was a universe. Every eye will see Jesus. Leave it alone. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, that's what it states. Every eye will see him. So. Exactly. Excellent job. Very, very good. I appreciate it, brother. And I'll continue to pray for you, and God bless you. Thank you. You too as well. Okay, then. Bye-bye. All right. Great job. 
always a blast. It's so cool to hear from everybody. I just love it. All right, so let's get to this. I'm supposed to use this line. So buckle up, little campers. Here we go. I never use that line. I used to use it all the time. All right. Uh, church stuff. This uh, is going to be not, uh, this is not going to be communicated in a way that will give anybody permission to go, see, look, the church is awful. Okay. No. No, no, no. And you think, well, that's rude the way you say that. No, you never, you never diss what God loves. You never diss who God's lo- who God loves. Never do that. That's just a bad idea. Okay. He loves the church. He's, it's called his bride. Right. I mean, that's a lot of love. Right. The world doesn't get the bride picture. The church does. So we're going to talk about some difficulties that I went through in a church. It does not represent every church. It is not justification to stay away from church. It is not a an answer to say, see, look what that guy went through. In fact, it's the opposite. I went through it so that you can understand that people go through tough church experiences and come out the other side a thousand times shinier than they went in. Does that happen that way for everybody? Don't know. Except I know this, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And to judge God based on his church is a fallacy to begin with. But you don't diss the church. Remember, when Saul was attacking and persecuting the church, Jesus said, you're touching me. So that's a very important part. So what I share is not is not information to be used by anybody in any bizarre fashion. But we have been talking, and this is part three on Christian chaos. And so we'll go a little bit longer on this first one. Just I'm just letting Gabriel know ahead of time we're going to go a little bit lengthier on this one. So how this works out is we got involved and we were in a church. There was four Jewish guys. We were on fire for the Lord. I've mentioned before we would do multiple things that were very evangelistical and we didn't consider them evangelistical we just thought they were fun to do we'd witness we'd go places where most people wouldn't go when we witnessed um, we were from detroit so there's a little bit of understanding there uh bottom line is that we were all saved and we're moving forward and we we ripped through this poor guy who tried to help us in the beginning and then we turned to pastor ken because he was a man of god and one thing you know men of god never lie Except you also know Romans chapter 3, verse 4, which says, Let God be true, but every man a liar. So that's good to know that one <laughs> as well. Or as A.W. Tozer said, it would be really good if we tried to watch that. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So everything that happened in our lives became a control for the man of God. He would actually define and get, got involved in our personal decisions. But you see, we were trying to follow the Lord. So we didn't think of it as him being involved in personal decisions because we were young. And so we're following because we're impressionable. We're certainly impressionable about the Christian faith. And it wasn't, it's hard for me to say that his full intent, Ken's full intent was just to be deceptive and evil the whole time through. I don't know that that's true or not. That's not my call. I'll leave that to the Lord. What I do know is that he knew we were green enough we were soft enough, enough, simple enough, simplified enough that he could strongly influence our decisions, our personal decisions. People we would date, where we would live, what kind of jobs we would or wouldn't take. We had one person not 
of the four of us, but a very good friend of all of ours who wanted to take a, a great position in management. And Ken told him no because it would interfere with the worship on Sunday. And he missed a big opportunity to be to go high up in, in the company because of that. And those are the kind of decisions that we were all thinking, well, we're just trying to follow the man of God. We're just trying to do what the man of God says. We're trying to be very careful about the man of God. I want to make sure you understand scripturally how important it is to understand that we are accountable to one another and that at no point does anybody reach a place where they are not accountable in the context that people have to be able to be uh, reviewed, challenged, talked to in any capacity. Even Jesus allowed that. He just answered. Of course, he rebuked them for their unbelief, but that was a different element. Here in Ephesians 5.21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That verse in Ephesians 5.21 is before it talks about husbands and wives. This is making reference to everybody. Submit to one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow Christ. What happens if your pastor stops following Christ? Hello? You don't follow that person. You're not trying to be like your pastor. You're not trying to be like your spiritual leader. You're trying to be like Jesus. In fact, the last thing you want to do, and I said this earlier, the last thing you want is more you, more than that person. We want more of Jesus. Right? So these are important passages to know and grow in, and we started to grow in them by necessity because of the involvement of our personal decisions on what jobs to take and what jobs not to take and who to be partners with and who to date, all based on what... Pastor Ken, or just call him Ken, thought was the best decision in his opinion. It wasn't that his, his opinion was always wrong, per se. It's just it was a controlling opinion. And our opinions and influences in lives, in people's lives, can, can affect people. I mean, I know that full well. We'll take our break. We'll come back. And when I, I'm just telling you, it's some of it's kind of brutal stuff. So I'm just telling you ahead of time. Uh, you are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. It's Amazing Jennifer, and I am helping out the David Spoon Experience. As you may know, I basically run the KAAM radio station. Amazing! And Dr. Dave is looking for a few good people to join and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of this here radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Well, the truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have all you need to be a part of this ministry. But Jennifer, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Just fill out the form and we will reach out to you. But sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. You 
are on your own with that. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, jingity-jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity-jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la, 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 that is la, 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 You asked for zany, my friend. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. So we, being not completely unlike, you know, Christmas vacation in Chevy Chase and so on and so forth, we, we got a really big tree, slapped it up on the car. Of course, it scratched the car to no end. Remember, I'm Jewish and I'm trying to follow the Christmas holiday. It's got nothing to do with my Christianity. I like Christmas. I like the season and so on and so forth. I have no problem celebrating any specific time, picking a time, and we're as close as we can be celebrating the birth of Christ. It's awesome. It's a great time of year. But you're talking about me fighting a tree. And I'm fighting the tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I hack off a few branches. And unfortunately... What I hacked off with the with the axe wasn't enough because I was right there again holding the Christmas tree with my feet on the door trying to pull it in. Hey, you know what? The Christmas tree was not coming in. So you know what I did? I hacked off a few more pieces. But then instead of just trying to pull the tree in, I hacked off a few more pieces. By this point, I have decided that Christmas is a pagan holiday that only people who are supporting Christmas presents have created. And Jewish people who believe in Jesus should not be celebrating Christmas. And I'm crashing the tree. And I've got the act of, And I'm crushing it. And I'm going to get this tree in. And you would not believe it. But after doing that for 15 minutes, I still could not get the tree in the house. The truth station here in Texas. That's K-double-A-Men 770. The truth station here in Texas. Here's your next trivia question. You better get ready. This stuff's going to get real deep real fast. Uh, We're going to keep this one still easy, staying on the true and false line of things. True or false in the parable, in Jesus' parable, of the rich man and Lazarus. Okay? This is going to relate to the next Trivia questions to start be thinking about that. In the parable, Jesus' parable of the rich man and Lazarus, Abraham said that a great chasm had been fixed between the rich man and Lazarus so that no one could cross it. Is that true or false when Jesus told the parable? True or false, in Jesus' parable of the rich man and Lazarus, Abraham said that a great chasm had been fixed between the rich man and Lazarus, and no one could cross it. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. I just want to say that really fast for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> That's fast. Uh, 972-445-0770. is the text, David, at he must increase.org. Somebody is calling in. We'll have them respond to the trivia question. Then I will have to tell a joke or two and then dive into this next uh, arena that we're going to get into. I just really, It's really important for me to communicate to you that what the Lord allows, he allows for purpose. Okay? It doesn't... It doesn't yeah, I know, especially because we're studying the book of Job. It's like you think, well, why did that happen? Why did that happen? So there's a lot of whys, but there should be a lot more thank yous than whys. 
That's just the truth. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Ken. Hey, Ken. How are you? Just another beautiful day in paradise. It is another beautiful day in paradise. And I'm going to give you a little caveat. And the traffic wasn't bad driving in either. So that made me smile just that much more. <laughs> and the rain and the rain turned it back into a, another Garden of Eden out that's here. That's right. <laughs> I want to say that. So funny you should say that. So my neighbor has a meticulous lawn. And I, I compliment. I mean, you know, it's, it's not. Our lawn, not so much. Okay. <laughs> it's not that much. And after the rain, my yard looked as green as his. And I was just like, thank the Lord. <laughs> it was classic. Hey, we, weeds are green. As long as it's cut, it all's green, you know. That's so it's all, it's all good. That's why. There you go. That's the way to do that. All right, here you go. Here's your trivia question. True or false, in Jesus' parable of the rich man and Lazarus, Abraham said that a great chasm had been fixed between the rich man and Lazarus, and no one could cross it. True or false? So let's see. That would be when they were on their way to paradise, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and so that would be true. You are correct, sir! I can't, let you, I can't let you do a follow-up on that question because our next question is a follow-up question to that, and I don't want you to give it away at a time. But well, yeah, I will do that all the time. <laughs> that's I always tell when I got it coming, I don't often do two in a row, but that story, though, is amazing. Is It's like Jesus is explaining it, and if you don't think that suffering is in the place of the of where people are going, it's like, okay, well, that seems like a lot of suffering to me. Yeah, know. well, no soup for you. That's yeah, what happens exactly. there. See that brilliant line right there? No soup for you. <laughs> no soup for you, right? Excellent job, brother. Excellent, Thank you excellent so much. work. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thanks. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. <laughs> no soup for you. Okay. All right. Uh, three quick uh, thingies, and we'll get into the teaching. Uh, I actually did think uh, that these are kind of cute. One of these we might have done before, but it's cute, so it's okay. Ready? Here it is. Teacher, what countries are on the other side of Jordan? Student, that depends on what side of Jordan you are on. Let's see. Let's see. Well, that's okay. There you go. That's a perfect play right there. Good job. Uh, two men were shipwrecked. One of them started to pray, Dear Lord, I've broken most of the commandments. I've been an awful sinner all my days. Lord, if you'll smear, spare me, I'll vow. Just then the other one shouted, Hey, hold on. Don't commit yourself just yet. I think I see a boat. <laughs> 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 Another good play. Very good. And then uh, this classic. This morning said the teacher at the early children's church class. The subject of the lesson is Ruth, uh, the gleaner. Who can tell me anything about Ruth? A small boy raised his hand. Well, Charlie, what do you know about Ruth? The teacher said encouragingly. Charlie piped up in a shrill little voice. The babe cleaned up 60 home runs in one season. Let's see. Babe, babe Ruth. Okay. You know what? That was a good call, too. <laughs> Gabriel stepping in. <laughs> Those are all very good. Good job. All right. Let's get back into this teach. Uh, I had to smile before I went into this. Here we go. So what happened in our church situation is we really wanted the Lord. And I think most of you understand that. There's a passage in 1 Kings chapter 8 where uh, Solomon's praying, and he says that you bless those who are you know, trying to obey you and who are eager 
to obey you. And that's where a lot of us really rest is, you know, we don't do everything perfectly, but we have this strong desire within us to to do it right before the Lord. We don't always do it right, but there's an eagerness inside of us. And in that eagerness, we were thinking, you know, we're thinking, I want to do it right, Lord. I'm sorry that I don't do it right. But you know in my heart that's really my desire. And he knows that. I think what what baffles me about us as people is God knows what's inside of us. We go through it. We know the earnestness of our heart. Well, if we know it, he knows it all the more, right? I mean, that's just, that's just a reality check. So in our pursuit and in our eagerness, we did not have guidelines. Now, you could really make, uh, you could try to make an argument saying, well, you should have read your Bible. I did. Eventually, by knowing the Word of God and by understanding the application of the Word of God and by being more than 18 years old— you begin to understand how the word of God applies. That's not to diss people who are 18 or less. It's just as you grow up, you get to understand that there's a lot of darkness in people, even people that call on the name of the Lord. And the fact of the matter is that the truth of the matter, and in this case, fact and truth again are the same. You are not bound to people who do not follow Christ. You are not bound to a leader if they do not reflect Jesus Christ, period. The whole premise of building the church from Acts 1 to Acts 28 is how they reflect Jesus as a community. When somebody stepped into this situation and didn't reflect Jesus, no matter what their position, no matter what their declaration, like Ananias and Sapphira, it wasn't, it wasn't acceptable. It wasn't put up with. When Peter did something wrong and Barnabas did something wrong, Paul challenged them on that. Well, Peter would have been the senior apostle. Too bad. He was doing something wrong. Wrong is wrong. You don't, write, you don't make righteous that which is wrong. And so when people do that, it gets to be a problem. Well, in our case, what we were told... This is from the man of God, so whom we trusted. And by the way, it's not wrong to trust, but it's also not wrong to verify. <laughs> so give Reagan the props. That was a pretty good line. Here's the bottom line to that process. He told us you could counsel with me about any decision you wanted to make. And whatever that counseling is, we'll, I'll keep it confidential. So in the very beginning, most of Billy, Larry, Bruce, and I would share, I think, limited structural things such as, I'm thinking about this job. Billy, I think, was working at Musicland with uh, Dave Hoops. Uh, I was doing some uh, lawn stuff. Uh, Larry was cutting hair. I can't remember what Bruce was doing. And so uh, eventually he was doing other stuff. But it's like we're, all these decisions, we'd run them by Ken. We'd check in with him. We would tell him about dates that we were going on. We'd tell him about the person. And he would give approval or disapproval. We would find a homeless person and we would feed them and we would get disapproval. And how the disapproval came about because we didn't check with him first to make sure that the person wasn't a scammer. Okay, which which that part you can understand, but it was based on whatever he thought was right or wrong. And we just had to say yes. And then he started to get involved in what friends we could or could not have. But then things took a very unique turn. As we were drawing closer to the Lord personally, we were also getting more controlled by the pastor. 
and counseling became more than informing instructionals or giving directions. It became more than who you can date or who you can't date. It became more than what jobs you can or cannot have. It became more than the places you could go or couldn't go. It became about our personal struggles. And when you are sharing with somebody who you believe represents God, and you tell them intimate details about your life, intimate struggles about your life, when you're believing that they're a representative of God, it's like you're telling them everything because you're trusting that they'll hold that position true. But that is not always the case with people. Now, from a counseling point of view, a professional counselor, it's a whole different ballgame because they have to go through a whole different process. But a pastor, a pastor does counseling, too. We actually, as, as we emerged out of this whole process, made the determination that uh, the pastoral staff in any church we were at would never do anything more than first-line counseling. And they shouldn't. First-line counseling is just the initial, and then they should direct to professional counselors. But as Ken drew closer to us in knowing about us, he didn't use any of that material against us yet. So because he didn't use that material against us, we all shared more and more. But then a funny thing happened on the way to the barn. We found out that some of those things that were being shared were no longer confidential. They were being shared with certain people. And when we get back, I'll tell you where else they were being shared. You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame It may be false, but it feels the same So I punish myself, I go down to the trail of my soul Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 This is one of the first verses in my Christian faith that I learned which is, you know, it's, you don't think about it, but when I first became a Christian, people would share this verse with him. I didn't know why. I was going to find out why, because God was going to set me free from a lot of drug use, but I didn't know then what was going on. I was like, oh, I keep hearing this verse. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, the freedom for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So now in our society, you say the word slavery and people start going, arr, 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 and then everybody starts freaking out. You know what? We're never going to change what the gospel is, and the gospel is the reality, the truth. We're not going to alter it for culture. We're not going to say it differently so people aren't offended. If you're offended, turn the radio off. Okay? That's your answer. You've got fingers. Use them. Here's our, you've got the ability to turn it on. You've got the ability to turn it off. Here's the bottom line. Every one of us, every one of us, before Jesus Christ was in bondage to sin. Every one of us. 
Now that we are in Jesus Christ, we are free from the penalty of that sin, and the Lord is working in us the process to overcome that sin practically. We've talked about it multiple times. You understand salvation from a little bit of a, you know, smart, not smart, um, multiple scripture point of view. Scriptures talk about salvation being past tense. Scripture talks about salvation being present tense. And scripture talks about salvation being future tense. But the only way that could happen is if, watch this, salvation is past tense, present tense, and future tense. <laughs> See, so the only way it can happen is because that's what it says. And so in that, we need to understand that from the past point of view, we are free from the penalty of sin. Yay! Currently, we're going through what is called sanctification, where we're being delivered. We're delivered from the power of sin, and we're learning in our own lives. We don't have to live for sin. And then eventually, when we're with the Lord forever and ever, we will be free from the presence of sin, and there won't be any evil, any bad, any yucky. Okay? Cool. In the meantime, while the justification, while the penalty for sin is done, while the freedom is there, the sanctification process is the one where he makes you look like Jesus, now that he's pronounced you to be like Jesus, and that's the one you got to fight through. That's the one that you have to go, you know what, I'm free, I just don't have to do that. I don't have to. That, therefore, becomes a responsibility because the scripture says, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, which means that you can. But if you do, it'll be your choice. The David Spoon Experience. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Offering up our next trivia question, following up from Ken answering that prior question, in Jesus' parable of the rich man and Lazarus, when the rich man was in hell, why did he want Lazarus to come to him? Huh? Why did he want Lazarus? So we already said there's a chasm there, but why did he want him to come? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at he must increase dot org. Well, we're going to send you up to the website as well. Don't forget on the website, it's the same name, just a new look. <laughs> it's kind of like a wig. Check out he must increase.org. That's the website. Prayer request? He must increase.org. Praise report? He must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Don said to me the other day something about me graduating with the, the master's. I said, you mean the doctorate? I'm so bad. <laughs> that was mean of me. All right, we do have somebody that's ready to answer the trivia question, right? Okay, let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? 
talking to Thirsty Stephen. Hey, how are you? I'm okay. Would you wet my tongue a little? <laughs> you know, that's such a great answer. I'm talking to Thirsty Stephen. <laughs> So I think that's what they wanted Lazarus for. That is correct, sir. You are right. Wanted a little bit of water to, to cool his parching tongue. That is correct, Mundo. So I was like, yeah, no, you're not getting any of that guy. There's going to be no relief for that suffering. <laughs> Excellent. You have a wonderful day. All right, you too. Great job, brother. Very, very good. <laughs> that was hilarious. Okay. Uh, so this is Thirsty Stephen. <laughs> Boy, talk about to dip his finger in water and cool his parching tongue. Yeah, that, that didn't happen very well for him, did it? Uh, and by the way, the answer was no. So for those who are like, well, there'll be relief. No. Uh, let's do our history and then we'll get into the rest of the story, which I'm trying to kind of gear myself up for. So let's play the history sound. Let's go, Uh, today is National Trail Mix Day. I like trail mix. National Eat Outside Day. It's okay if it's not raining. Uh, we love Memories Day. I don't have any idea what that means. Uh, it is also 1895 first professional football game. Uh, technically, took the Latrobe, Pennsylvania YMCA beat the Jeanette Athletic Club 12 to nothing in the first professional football game. I don't know. Uh, 1897, Thomas Edison patented the movie projector. You can just throw his name in and kind of a bunch of these things. Uh, this is, uh, I think this is the anniversary. Princess Diana of Wales died in the car crash in Paris in 1997. And then 1990, so that'd be 25 years ago. And then uh, 1993, on this day, Barney's favorite volume one uh, featuring 27 songs by Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Most people know about that. Come on. All right. That's the history. Keep that in mind. There you go. All right. There it is. Okay. All right. Let's go back into this text. I want to make sure you understand where we're heading, what we're trying to accomplish. And the goal in me uh, sharing this with you is really, if you really want to know the ultimate goal, is that the answer is there is recovery and restoration and redemption, even if you've gotten burned in a church. That's just the bottom line. Have you had other Christians burn you? Have you had other brothers and sisters in the Lord do something wrong or say something wrong? Have they been in leadership? Have they been in positions where they can influence other people to despise you or dislike you? Guess what? You're not alone. Get on, get on board. You're not alone. That doesn't give you permission to stay out of fellowship. Period. You might approach fellowship differently, but it doesn't give you permission to be a lone wolf McQuaid type of Christian. It's just not, it's not loner Christianity is not supported in scripture. Can't do it. There's no way to love your neighbors. You love yourself and love one. And so it's love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbors. You love yourself. And then John 13, a new commandment I give you, love one another. No way to love one another. If you have no relationship or connection to the brotherhood, it's impossible. Can't fulfill the commandments of Christ. Carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Can't do that by yourself. It's not doable. You tell me all this. And people tell me all this. Well, the churches are this and the churches are this. And I tell people, I mean, I'm somebody who got fried in a church. I mean, it's, it's amazing that I'm even a Christian who proclaims that people should go to church. It's almost miraculous in its own way. And I tell people all the time, stop talking about what God loves in such terms. 
You're only gonna get you're only gonna get a response from him you ain't gonna like. So as we got uh, more and more involved in the church, and see this, we're, I'm trying to set it up in such a way that you can follow this. We were getting more and more connected. There was no initial spirit of judgment for things that we would we would share with Kenny. So Kenny had, at that point, information about Bruce, Larry, Billy, and I, plus other people in the church, which was just 12 people, 15 people total, that was uh, pretty uh, pretty personal. And I thought, well, if I'm sharing it with the man of God, you know, I, I can have confidence that he'll be praying for me. And uh, that, um, you know, uh, there won't be any problems with that. And that's how it seemed or that's how it was until we stepped out of line. Any one of us, Billy first. And then as soon as he stepped out of line and didn't obey or do everything Ken said, Ken would bring out that personal information that Billy had counseled with. You say, well, that's not right. You're darn right. That's wrong. You're absolutely correct. That's wrong. And you think, well, that 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 doesn't seem like, you know, I mean, is that is that person, you know, is that person in spiritual authority? Person was in spiritual authority. But here's what Second Corinthians one twenty four says: Not that we domineer over your faith, but we are workers with you for your joy. Just the idea of having spiritual leadership is supposed to be supporting one another and helping one another, encouraging one another. Matthew twenty three eleven: Whoever is the greatest should be the servant of the others. But that's not how we were being, that's not how the kingdom was being manifest. Now, we learned these verses, but we didn't know them well enough. And I, I go back to that uh, psalm, and I'm going to do it uh, multiple times because I don't like that people miss this. Uh, you go back to, to, to the psalm where we, it makes, makes the reference to uh, touch not my anointing, do my prophets no harm. Incredibly taken out of context. Incredibly where the text says in Psalm 105, verse 8, he has remembered his covenant forever, his word which he commanded to a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham, his oath to Isaac, saying to you, I will give you the land of Canaan and the portion of your inheritance where you are, only a few people in number and few, few strangers in it. They wandered from nation to nation, referring to Israel, from one kingdom to another people. He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. That's the people of God. That's Israel. And when a pastor uses that text to justify his authority, he's lying. And this is it. it. Unless he's genuinely misled. And then when it's pointed out, he repents. But anybody that tries to use that authority in your life to establish authority in your life, uh-uh. I'm telling you, I've, I've had so many church experiences where people, a person come up to me and say to me, I walk outside the church. We just finished a, a church service. A person comes up to me and says, I, I'm, hi, my name's so-and-so. I'm an apostle. I said, hi, my name's Dave. I've never even seen anywhere where an apostle has to go around telling everybody he's an apostle. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like, this is ridiculous. So what happened that it got so out of hand? Uh, here's what happened where it got so out of hand. I shared my most personal, intimate struggles of a personal nature. Yeah, sexual. Just get over it. And when I didn't follow in line, it wasn't bad enough that Ken told people what those personal struggles were. He preached about it in a church service.
he called me up and had me sit in a chair. And then he sat there and taught about the wickedness right next to me. Now, if he had done that when I'm 60, he'd have met Jesus in a close and personal way he never thought possible, most likely. But when you're 21, 22, new in the faith, made a decision to stand up for Jesus, had your entire family disown you, trying to follow the man of God, not quite the same. But what he didn't know and what I didn't know is that God would use that to start the break. I mean, just think about that. It's amazing that I didn't just get up and run or that I didn't attack him. There's all those things, right? But there's God sowing the seed on how it's all going to change. And every piece of ministry I've ever had hinged in that moment of pouring my heart out to God going, you've got to redeem me. This is not fair. It wasn't that it was fair, but that's how he felt. You know what I'm saying? And you know what's amazing? God did redeem me. <laughs> He so redeemed me. It's not even funny. It's like a thousand times over. We'll get to that. But first, I got to finish a little more. Uh, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. 
is the David Spoon experience? Jesus' longest sermon that's recorded is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, which takes about 25 to 30 minutes long. It takes about 30 minutes to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So here's a lesson for pastors and preachers everywhere. Jesus said everything he wanted to say on the Sermon on the Mount in 30 minutes. Paul took 12 hours. God didn't record a single word. The David Spoon Experience on 770 KAAM. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. And as with every... Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your final trivia question. According to Hebrews chapter 9, human beings are destined to die once, and then what comes after that death? According to Hebrews chapter 9, <clears throat> which people should use if you're talking to somebody and they're like, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about uh, reincarnation. Uh, according to Hebrews chapter 9, human beings are destined to die once. And what comes after that death? Uh, you can call in 972-445-0770 if you'd like to answer. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. At the end of this sharing, I'm going to pray for people to be uh, encouraged. Okay, uh, and recover if you've been wounded. So I'm going to limit this last little section a little bit, but I'm telling you, this is setting up. So some things I shared in the book, some things I didn't share in the book. So I'm trying to be kind of careful here. Uh, you still can get the book uh, a couple of different ways. If you really want a copy, but you don't want to pay for it, tell me. I'll just send you one. I don't care. Uh, bottom line is... When you get involved with the Lord, you don't always know all the elements that are going to t take place in the journey. In saying that to you, I want you to understand, okay, in saying that to you, I want you to understand that there are things that the Lord allows that have purposes that are beyond the sight of man. So with Joseph, who was as phenomenal as you could be, I mean, he was just phenomenal. He's sold by his brothers. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty bad. Uh, 
Originally, they were going to kill him, right? But then, you know, oh, we're not going to kill him. Then they sell him, and then he gets purchased, and then he's falsely accused, and he's in jail. I mean, this guy did nothing wrong. There's nothing that—and yet, all of that had— much greater value to what God was unveiling in his own plan. And so with me going through this process of uh, being completely devastated in front of the little church that I learned to preach in and these people that I've given my heart and my life to and knowing, just so you can be aware, that, that, that Ken never said all of these things is because of David. He would just preach on a point, then turn and look at me. Because I got out of line. What he didn't understand is that he had shared with me many things about other people. And I knew that that was confidential. But you need to be aware that what goes around does come around. What a man sows, that shall he also reap. And everything that was going on was leading to an epic moment of a David versus Goliath from a spiritual point of view. Only it would be David versus Ken. So if you think about the unbelievableness of this process and you understand, I mean, this is at it got to the point where it was <laughs> the people that left the church were being called the cult and they were they had the spirit of David Spoon. I'm not kidding you. And they were the Spoonies. You just can't make this stuff up. It's impossible. Uh, and then I came up with the line, Reverend Some Young Spoon, because <laughs> that just sounded funny. Uh, the bottom line is all of that process, God is allowing for the purpose of accomplishing another task, and that is freeing people in him to go do real ministry and to always be aware of the fake or the not real ministry. In other words, the best way to say this is David went through everything he went through with Saul in order for God to beat the Saul out of him. And in many ways, I think that the Lord wanted to beat the Ken out of me before I would do stuff. And it's like, wow, I need help. <laughs> and the answer is like, the Lord's like, you do. And I'm, the only way to do it is this way. So when we get back to this story in two or three weeks, you're going to hear about the confrontation, the attempted escape, and all the other stuff. And it will probably blow your minds just a wee bit. But just remember that what God allows, he has an intent, a purpose for, and it's beyond the plane of the human eye. According to Hebrews chapter 9, human beings are destined to die once. And what comes after that death? The answer is the judgment. That's Hebrews chapter 9. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment, thereby dropping out any theory of anybody thinking that reincarnation could be real. That's incorrect. Let's pray over the audience real quickly. Father, we come before you right now. I thank you and praise you for these people, for this audience. They're great. I, I'm amazed that you give me any ability to share this story, but I'm more amazed that they're listening. And I just pray that you would encourage those that have distanced themselves from fellowship because they've been hurt to recognize that the greater ministry that emerges from grace, mercy, and forgiveness is the ministry you designed. 
and that you have grace and mercy on us every single day. And it's through that spirit and that ministry that we ought to function. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, we're going to take our break, and then we'll come back tomorrow. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Most of my life, it feels like I-